Hello. Good morning. Welcome to Trinity, everyone. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. 
for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Also, 2 Timothy 1.12 says, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know who I have believed, and I am pers pursued that I, that, what? Persuaded, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't do well in school. Persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. If you want to hear that again and actually read it yourselves, you might understand it a little better. Now, if you will please stand with me, and as we enter a time of worship, Oh, 
may be seated. If you are a guest with us today, we want to ask Mr. Andy to gingerly walk down the aisle. Come on, buddy. I asked Andy to fill in for Mark. He's not here today, and uh, he told me I needed to give him time to get up here, and that way he wasn't having to run. He didn't want to pull anything, so... But if you're a guest with us today, we want to welcome you to Trinity. Um, Andy, slip up your hand, and Andy will give you a contact card. Um, just fill it out and drop it in either the back of the sanctuary up in the front, um, just so we can keep in contact with you and keep you up to date with things that are happening here at the church. And after the service, find one of the deacons, usually the guys in the suits, and uh, we have a special gift for you. So if you are a guest, welcome. Immediately following the altar service, immediately following the altar service is our annual business meeting. Um, we'll be meeting, having fellowship, dinner, lunch. There's I eat three meals a day, so this is lunch. Dinner comes later. Um, lunch will be provided. Um, in the fireside room, and all are welcome, but only members can vote. Um, so it's important that you show up and you are there. Uh, Friday and Saturday are big days here um, as we bless the community with food and prayer. If you can come help us um, box up some groceries on Friday at 1130 and help dis distribute the boxes on Saturday starting at 830, um, all the help would be greatly appreciated. Annette is heading up this month's outreach, um, so come out and be a blessing to her and give her some help, because we all know help is a good thing. Um, next Sunday, Pastor Jeff Sowers will be sharing the word um, while Pastor Ken is on vacation. Um, also, he will be gone, so if you want to call him, feel free to do so. I know he'd love to take that call. And for all the rest of the good information, please... I went off script. Yes, you did. <laughs> That's not good. I know from experience. I want you to look up. I, wait a minute. I, I want you to read, read this word I gave you to use earlier today. I, it's over here. Oh, it's over there on the other side. Okay. I, I script this out for him. You see, most people don't realize this is how I got my start. When I was, I ain't kidding. When, when I was just a young person in, in church, before I went off to study for the ministry, the pastor asked me to do the announcements on Sunday morning. Now, it was a more formal setting. I had to wear a robe. I didn't ask you to do that. Thank you. Thank you. And he didn't give me a script. I was fumble, bumble, stumbling around. Kind of like you're doing with the script. <laughs> now, here's what we were working on today. You know, he had two scriptures about not being ashamed. And then, then let's read it together. Okay, okay. Let's join the Trinity praise team as we unashamedly worship Jesus. Isn't that nice? It's a nice yes, segue into the next. I don't read good, okay? Thank you. 
You read well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, round of applause for Jr. He's giving it a good shot. Thank you, Jr. Well, thank you. Please read your bulletins for the rest of our upcoming events at the church, and uh, please stand with me as we continue our time of worship today. Unashamedly. Peace. 
yourself afresh to each of us today. When Moses entered into your presence, his countenance was changed. And everyone knew it. When the disciples went out, they took note that they had been with Jesus. Father God, let that be a testimony today. That people would be able to pick up on the fact we've been in your presence today. That your Holy Spirit has moved in us. That you've dealt with us about things that need to be changed and altered in our lives. That we're different people because we've been in the presence of the Lord. We pray it in Jesus' name today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, JR. JR's headed up to work with the children and For the last several weeks, we've been on a journey getting some lessons from a dead man named Lazarus. We've looked at who he is, who he was. We've seen some principles that apply and what we can learn from it. Last week, we looked at the powerful voice of Jesus to an impossible situation. You know, he still speaks to those who are dead in their trespasses and sins, and they can be made alive again. Have you been made alive through the powerful voice of Jesus? We also looked last time at he was alive, propelled out of the, the tomb by the sheer force of the words of Jesus. It says he came out bound hand and foot propelled out, alive, healed from what killed him, but he was still bound and hindered in his walk. They said, loose him, let him go. And I believe many have testi testified that the Lord was setting you free last week from some of the things that bind you. You may be alive in Christ Jesus, but you're bound up in some other stuff. And he's the same Jesus this week as he was last week. And you can find him to loose you and let you go. We're going to wind up our series today. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word and turn to John chapter 11 as if you didn't know. That's the only place we've been. John chapter 11, and we're going to pick up in verse 43. John chapter 11 and verse 43. Now when he, Jesus, had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth Jesus said to him 
loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. <laughs> they had a completely different response. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, What shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. And one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and not that the whole nation should perish. Now this he did say not on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. And not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. Father God, help us today as we learn some more lessons from a dead man named Lazarus who rose again. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please keep your Bibles open to this portion of God's Word. We titled today's message, Aftershocks. It's been in the news quite a bit. Isn't it interesting how that one day's crisis is next day's story on page five? That massive earthquake in Turkey and Syria. On February 6th, a massive 7.8 earthquake hit Turkey and Syria. Two weeks later, a 7.5 aftershock came. And there have been dozens of other aftershocks, like a ripple out from a stone tossed in a lake. It's well over 50,000 dead at this point, and still counting. Aftershocks can continue for weeks and months and can set the stage for other things happening. In this final episode in our study of Lazarus, we want to see the after effects of this man who was called Lazarus, called by the authoritative voice of Jesus. Life was brought back into him. His body was healed. He was made alive again and walked among the people. The aftershocks of that mighty occurrence. We want to look at a few of them today and look at what happened because of what happened. The first aftershock is found in verse 45. Then many 
of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. Praise God. Praise God. They came to mourn the loss of Lazarus' life. They came to give sympathy to Mary and Martha. I could imagine they brought in some covered dishes and food and all kinds of things. They brought them in and had a, a time of, we discussed last time, a Shiva, a time of mourning where they would not gather at the graveside, but they would gather at the home and remember. They would be grieving and sorrowing together. Never discount the help that that is to someone who's grieving. You don't have to have any answers. You just be there. Amen? How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's not that you're wanting anybody to give you answers for the situation, but to have someone stand with you when you're grieving is a good and a godly thing. Try to avoid giving answers to questions you don't know the answers to. Avoid speaking things that you've heard but that you do not know. Sometimes silence is not only golden, it's priceless. Grieving with those, weep with those who weep. Keep your advice for other times. The people had gathered around because in that aristocratic village of Bethany, many influential people there and Lazarus had a good reputation Everyone was coming out, not only from Bethany, but from two miles away in Jerusalem. They were gathering at the home of Mary and Martha to offer their condolences. In the olden days, not so much today, but it's similar. The Shivas in a Jewish celebration of, of the passing of someone, they don't talk. They just sit there. You remember when the friends came to Job. For several days, they just sat there. Didn't say a word. You say, well, that's, he was just sick. No, he just lost his entire family. All of his sons and daughters were killed. He'd suffered catastrophic loss of all of his properties, all of his herds and flocks. They just sat and presence themselves with him. They came alongside of him. And these people, they came to grieve. But when they saw the things that Jesus did, when they saw the things that Jesus did, roll that stone away. But Master, roll the stone away. And he didn't speak to anybody else. He just spoke with authority. The spirit of Lazarus, when he died, when we die as believers, we go immediately into the presence of God, correct? Our spirit, our body may be here, but our spirit is not lying in the ground. 
That's just the house we lived in. He spoke not just to the tomb, but beyond the tomb, all the way into the presence of his heavenly Father and called Lazarus by his name. And when Jesus speaks, spirits listen. And he said, Lazarus, huh? Here. And immediately, life came back into a lifeless body. And Lazarus was propelled out, alive but hindered, then unwrapped, and he was free to walk around. And when those who had gathered for a Shiva of mourning saw the things that Jesus did, they became believers in Jesus themselves. I praise God for those times that, that we've witnessed that God has done a mighty work and people who saw it became believers and were impacted by what they saw. I look back over years in the ministry and I remember certain pivotal times for me that encouraged me. I've mentioned before of an occasion when I was making a, just a regular hospital visit. The sister of one of the ladies in our church in Galleon was, was on her deathbed. She'd been in a coma for many days. And I went with the sister from the church and went to visit her sister in the hospital. And they say, well, they, they, they don't know you're there. Oh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> but me and the member of my congregation was there. Her sister's in a coma and has been, unresponsive. We started singing some of the old songs of the faith. We sang Amazing Grace, I know. I even kind of think we sang the one we sang earlier. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground. I remember we were singing Blessed Assurance when another voice joined in. The sister who'd been in a coma sat up and started singing with us. It's tough to keep singing when you see that. <laughs> but we did, and the cool thing was, the nurses started gathering in and started singing with us. When you see the things that Jesus does, people can become believers. Amen? Amen. Amen? The second aftershock of this miracle of the raising of Lazarus is seen in verse 46. But some of them who saw the exact same things that Jesus had done, but some of them went away to the Pharisees 
and told them the things that Jesus did. How is it possible for two groups of people to see the exact same thing and come with such divergent responses to what they've seen? It's all about your heart. They could see a miracle of Jesus and some would believe. Some would see the same miracle and they were trying to find ways to get rid of Jesus. Very same miracle. Very same crowd. Do you remember the occasion when Jesus went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and there was a man with a withered hand. And the people were there. They were used to the man with the withered hand. He attended all the time. But Jesus had him stand to the center and he said, stretch out your hand. And his hand was stretched out and was whole and strengthened just like the other. And the people rejoiced, except some of the same people who saw the same miracle took counsel in their hearts to destroy Jesus. It's a part of the aftershock. The mighty miracle of raising Lazarus brought two very divergent responses for the same miracle. And it's all about how we view what has happened. Right now, still continuing on in a variety of ways, people have been writing about the move of God at Asbury College and other campuses where uh, a move of God is breaking out. And some are all excited and others have no use for it whatsoever. Same occurrence. Different responses. Jesus did those things, and many believed, but many sought counsel to destroy him. You can see the same thing through a different lens and have a different response and reaction. I want to get a little pushy right now. Check yourself up a moment. Maybe we're praising the Lord, we're singing praises, and maybe there's an altar call given and someone steps out and comes forward. At the very same time that this person is coming forward, some are saying, hallelujah, praise God. They responded to the word. They're asking God to do something in their lives. But I've witnessed people having another response. I wonder what they did. I wonder why they, are they just putting on a show? You say, well, that never happens. I, I've told you about this one before, too. I'll never forget it. It's, it was a memorable service. It was a Sunday evening service. Hundreds and hundreds of people were there, large church. God was moving upon the young people, the youth that night. 
as I'm starting to give the invitation, youth are just coming from every part of the building and coming forward. And as we started to pray for them, every single one of them is falling under the power of God. It's not a show. It's not any. It's just God was moving sovereignly. One particular young man was seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we prayed and prayed and prayed with that one. He received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Years later, he's now currently a pastor here in the state. And we were talking with him. He says, Pastor Ken, I'll never forget that night when you stayed and prayed with me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then his mother came up. I'll never forget that night. Then his sister came up. We'll never forget that night. But at that same service, a group of people were sitting in that same service as the youth are responding to the gospel message and the power of God sitting back saying, well, isn't it disgraceful? How emotional. This is just not orderly. People falling under the power of God and experiencing the Lord like that, it's just showy. Same, it's about your heart, folks. If you have a skeptical side to you when someone is seeking prayer or whatever, around the altar you need to do a spiritual exam on yourself my friend don't be like the Pharisees and miss the miracle because of the hardness of your heart your heart is revealed by your reaction to what God's doing the third aftershock, I've got to move on because I, I haven't gotten halfway through yet and I better move here. The third aftershock of Lazarus' miraculous raising from the dead is found beginning in verse 47. Then the chief priests, then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, what shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this... <laughs> Everyone's going to believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away our place in our nation. They recognized the miracles. They weren't denying them. They recognized God's power at work through Jesus. But some people get uncomfortable when God is in control and they are not. Hmm? We want it neatly ordered the way we want it ordered, but I long for God to be in control of our gatherings. Amen? I don't want it regulated down so that every jot and tittle is assigned and every, every moment is, is scheduled and slated out. I desire, I long, how about you? I desire for me to get out of the control and God to get into control and God to move in people's lives, but we have to be obedient to the presence of God. I know for a fact in my spirit that sometimes God is desiring to move in a sovereign way and we will, we're like the old song, I shall not be moved. I know for a fact 
that some people, God has moved upon you to respond to certain things, to give glory to God, to stand and, and lift your hands, to shout praises, to come to a place of prayer, to pray. You've been moved to pray for somebody and you just, I shall not be moved. Folks, isn't it about time to lose a little control? Let God have his way. Wouldn't it be cool if, if every time we gathered together as a body of believers, we'd walk and say, Lord, have your way. You know what that would stop? Well, I don't like that way of singing. I don't like that pew. That pew, I don't like that pew. I don't, I, I'm, 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 I'm partial to more comfortable seating. Or, or the lighting's bad. Or, and the, oh, the temperature's terrible. You know, you'll get rid of that when you say, I don't want to be in control of this thing. I want God to move. I want God to put his hands on the gathering, upon the service, upon my life, upon my day, upon my activities. And after shock, was they were upset because they were not in control of what was going on. They recognized the miracles. They recognized the authority of this Jesus and that people were believing they were uncomfortable because God was in control and they might lose their control. We live in a day where people have lost control of a lot of parts of their life. How many of you would agree with me that a lot of your life is out of your control. It's like you're, you're watching the world go by and say, I have absolutely no control over anything. Now what happens in those times is people inherently seek for some place to be in control. And there's the rub. If God had his way, what would he do this morning in your life, in mine? What would happen if we took our hands off? But pastor, if we do that, I'll miss Bob Evans. Pa pastor, if we do that, we, we just... He might want to just keep us there praying for people. Hmm. We've got to fit this into the rubric that I'm willing to give God. I'll give him an hour and a half. That's about it. What would happen if we'd say, Lord, not my will. Yours be done. Oh. A cross is in the center of that prayer. And we're afraid of that, aren't we? Well, we might have to go through this or this. There might be persecution. There might be someone reject us and we want everybody to like us and some people won't like us if I, 
if I step out and follow what God has instructed me to do. Yep, the aftershock is there. People get uncomfortable when God is in control and they are not. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Fourth aftershock of this miracle of raising of Lazarus. And it's really shocking. Look at verse 49. Then one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not that the whole nation should perish. Now this he did not say of his own authority, but being the high priest that year, he, what's it say? prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation not just the nation only but for the whole world how is this possible that evil guy Caiaphas and yet even donkeys can speak what God wants to say and he in his position as high priest was prophetically speaking that this Jesus would die. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever Jew or Gentile should believe should not perish but have everlasting life. Boy, that's an aftershock. The, the devil wants to do certain things, but you know what? God can even use a tarnished soul like Caiaphas to speak a word that's not by him, but by God. Look at the different people he used to speak and to proclaim things. Look at all of the dreams and visions in the book of Daniel. Most of them were given to a reprobate king. But God used it. God used it. And in the days in which we live, we need to realize that God still wants to speak to us prophetically through the events of the day. There's things happening around us that, that we can just, well, that's just so-and-so speaking. No, there's, there's some things at work here. We need to be sensitive to it. It's an aftershock. Wait a minute, there's just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. The next aftershock is a great one. It's found in chapter 12, right after the story here. Then six days before the Passover. So this is in sequence here. Raising of Lazarus, all these other things that we've been talking about, aftershock, aftershock, and now just six days before the Passover... Jesus came back to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of that oil. 
the anointing of Mary upon Jesus. Most believe this was the same dinner as recorded in the Gospel of Luke, how that it was at the house, held at the house of Simon the leper that Jesus had healed. And when he's seated in that house, the disciples are there. But as Mary looks around and she sees, she sees her brother who has been dead just a few days before that, and he's alive sitting at supper with them. And he looks across and she sees Simon, who had lost everything by being a leper, sitting at the same table. And she knew what Jesus had done in that time and in that place. And she left the table and she went back to her house and she unearthed that costly spike nerd. According to the scriptures, it was worth a year's salary of wages. But she didn't care. Can you put a price tag when Jesus has done something in your life? Can you put a price tag on your salvation? Can you put a price tag when Jesus has touched you and made you whole? Can you put a price tag when Jesus has done something miraculous in your life? She didn't think about how much it was worth. She thought how much Jesus was worth to her. And she worshiped him. It's another aftermath, an aftershock of that miracle. Praise and worship and adoration. But another aftershock is that Judas was offended by it. He says, why wasn't this sold and given to the poor? He didn't say it. The scripture says he didn't say it because he was concerned about the poor but he was a tre treasurer and he was a thief and Jesus rebuked him and Judas never forgave Jesus he immediately went out and sought counsel to betray him it's another aftershock of the miracle some will be offended by what others do in worshiping Jesus. Some are going to look askance at you when you're praising God. Well, they're getting a little emotional. I think there was a whole lot of emotion when Lazarus came out of the tomb. I'm sorry. When you see somebody propelled out alive again, and walking around in the community, somebody ought to get excited. Somebody ought to be excited about what God has done. Inside the house, there's praise and worship going on. Outside the house, they're plotting the destruction of the ones in the house. Hmm. Think about it as a Christian today. Inside the house here today we're praising Jesus and worshiping him but be well aware that outside this house there are those who would plot the destruction of the church and the liberties that you have I just got one more aftershock and this is the one I wanted to get to all morning Look at verse 10 in chapter 12. 
But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also. Because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. What? They plotted to put Lazarus to death because on account of him. What had Lazarus done? He died. What did Lazarus do? Did he walk out of the tomb on his own? No, he was propelled out by the forceful words of Jesus. Did he even unwrap himself? No, others did that. What did, what did Lazarus do? Nothing but respond to Jesus' word. And as I was reading that, it just hit me. For years and years, I believed that the reason that the devil hates the Christian is because God loves you. But you know why else? It's right here. Your life can cause others to believe in the Jesus that raised you to spiritual life again. What's Lazarus doing? He's just walking around town. That's all he's doing. He's going to the grocery store, the market. He's walking down the, the, main, the main thoroughfare of Bethany. He may not even be saying anything, just him walking around. What did he do? He responded to the command of Jesus and was made alive again by his power. Folks, the enemy hates you. Yes, because Jesus loves you. But he hates you because your changed life points people to Jesus. That's the reason the enemy wants to destroy you and your witness. Why he wants to draw you away from faithfully following the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Because it's not so much what you do it's what's been done in you through the power of Jesus. You were dead in your trespasses and sin, and you're walking around wherever you walk. You're alive in Christ. You're a testimony to his workmanship of what Jesus can do. And the enemy hates you and wants to destroy you because as you walk around and they say, I knew you before. Yeah, then Jesus did something in my life. It's not what Lazarus did, it's what Jesus did in Lazarus that made him a testimony. It's not about you bragging about, well, I once was this and now I'm that. No. You didn't do anything. You didn't save yourself from sin. You didn't even turn your life around. It was Jesus. Can you shout with me? It was Jesus. It was Jesus. And oh, what a testimony.
it was in Bethany. Everywhere that Lazarus walked, he may not have said a word, but everybody said, isn't that? Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. Wasn't he? Yeah. Then how was he? Jesus. 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 You were dead. You were lost. You were bound for hell. It's nothing you did. It was Jesus. When you're under attack, and you are under attack, it's not about your how great you are. You are a walking advertisement for how great he is and the way that he can change a life. Keep your testimony focused on Jesus. He's the one that said, Lazarus, come forth. And I have a, I have a desire to believe that just Lazarus walking around Bethany created such a stir in people's lives that many believed on him. Well, it's not just what I believe. It's what the scripture says there. Because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. You may not be saying a word, but you walking around as someone who's been born again. You once were lost and now you're found. It's going to cause others to look, wow, I knew that guy. I knew her. They were a mess. I wonder what the difference is. What did they do? Heard the voice of Jesus and responded to it. The aftershocks of the miracle of Lazarus being brought back to life again. Some positive, some negative, but all awesome. But the thing that brings me the greatest joy is realizing that when I, when I suffer, or when, when Paul talked about the persecutions and the sufferings, the things that you're going through, you say, well, you know, why, why is these things happening? Why are these? Because there is a force out there that knows what Jesus has done in your life and wants to cancel out your witness. But, but I, I, I'm not articulate. I can't really put it into words. No, Lazarus didn't have to say a thing. <laughs> he just walked and was alive. And everybody knew it wasn't him that did it. It was Jesus. How many of you would join with me and say, I'd like to be a walking advertisement for Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. I want to be an advertisement that I can be a better person because Jesus is on the inside. Would you stand with me, please? I've enjoyed our time and getting some lessons from a dead man named Lazarus. But we were all dead in our trespasses and sin, but you've been made alive. Walk like it. Live like it. 
It may not be the words you say. It might just be the way you walk. The Bible says, walk worthy. For we are his workmanship on display for the world to see what a difference Jesus can make in a person's life. Heavenly Father, today, remind us afresh that we need to take our hands off and have you put your hands on our lives to lose control to you. Quit trying to manipulate situations and circumstances so it's comfortable for us. Father God, let there be a holy uncomfortableness in our lives because you're in control. An excitement, a challenge, because we're not in control and you are. We pray, Father, for our responses someone lifts their hand for, for prayer or comes to an altar, are we rejoicing or are we critical? Father, if we're critical, let us be the one making a trip to the altar. And Father, help us to see prophetically the signs of the times that are all around us. Things may be happening like a Caiaphas speaking a prophetic word. Sensitize our spirit to the day in which we live, the times in which we exist. But most importantly, Father, help us to be a walking billboard advertisement lost but now I'm found I was dead in my sin but now I'm alive in Christ I was headed for hell now I'm bound for heaven because of Jesus because of Jesus for that one today that has been grappling with the stuff they're going through let them know enemy wants to cancel their witness because as people saw Lazarus they became believers in the one who raised him oh let it be so again through our lives Father God draw with a magnet of your Holy Spirit to this place of prayer what you're working on in each person today. There's some here that are sick in body that need to step out. Well, I don't know if I help them not to be in control. Help them to turn control over to you. There's some that need guidance and direction, wisdom from on high. Let this be a place of healing and discernment and help 
and victory. To take our hands off and put your hands on. I ask it in Jesus' name. Touch this altar with the power, the voice of Jesus. Lazarus, come forth.
holding circumstances and situations that you're in, different aspects of your life. It may be physical, it may be spiritual, it may be financial, it may be a wide variety or a complexity of several. And you're holding them all and you're trying to keep them in play. But see a larger set of hands, nail-pierced hands, stretch out in front of you and take and turn loose of the things that you're holding on to today. But I think I can turn loose of the things you're holding on to today. Put them in the master's hands. But I think I can put them in the master's hands. Sense a release of him being in control. And you not. Would you do that today? I don't know who that word is for someone gathered here, someone watching. The things that you're holding on to turn loose and rest them in the master's hands. Keep your hands off. And just walk around and be an advertisement for the work that Jesus can do.